Hi, I'm Sina Cole, the founder of Pan-African Think Tank. And if you want to learn how to make a difference, make sure you're listening to Mad Caster's podcast with Brian St. Louis. You have just tuned in to the difference makers of a new generation. If you want to learn how to make a difference in your life, if you want the skills in order for you to impact your communities, Madcasters is your podcast. I invite you to get ready because this is the launch pad for you to go mad. What's going on, everyone? It's your host, Brian St. Louis, BSL, and we're here with another episode of Madcasters where we learn how to make a difference. I believe that the only way to effectively impact our world is to first progressively change the way that we see ourselves. That mindset transformation will launch us to enhance our holistic lifestyle and subsequently impact the world. So here you will get the necessary tips, stories, and inspiration to learn how to make a difference in your life and in turn impact the world. Be sure to follow and subscribe to our podcast. We're basically everywhere from Apple, iTunes, Google. And if you would like to support this channel even more, you can become a Patreon supporter. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com backslash Madcasters. And you can choose whichever tier you would like to help support this channel even more. The more supporters we get in this realm equates to more episodes launched every week. And so if you see value in what we're doing in Madcasters, become a Patreon supporter. Thank you to all those who are currently supporting and to those who will be supporters. With us today, we have Kristen Nicole, and she is the founder of Pan-African Think Tank. And wow, they are looking to bridge the gap between Africa and the African diaspora. A great work to be done and one that is truly needed. So let's dive into this episode and hear her heart. Thank you so much, Kristen, for coming on to Madcasters. Honestly, your story is very, very, very interesting. And yes, the three fairies are very important. So it's 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 a great honor to have you. Why don't you tell us just a little bit so the listeners and all of us here can hear a little bit more about who you are and what got you uh, to become the founder of Pan-African Think Tank? So hi, all. I am Kristen Nicole. You may see it as C. Nicole. I am the founder of Pan-African Think Tank. Basically, it was a lifelong journey to get me to this point. Um, Back when I was in college, I took African um, studies and I got the chance to go to Ghana. And at that point, I just learned that there was so much that we did not know. And I kind of like actually didn't even like the class. I actually preferred to not have been there. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to focus on myself and my little community. Um, I felt like even some of the African history that I was learning about was biased. So um, after that time, after I graduated college, I spent time traveling the world. At that point, I had been to, um, I think I was about maybe 27, been to 79 countries. Um, and I got the chance. <laughs> Hold on. Don't, 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 tr- don't, don't just try to slide over that. 79 countries. My goodness. So, what, yeah, that was. Just a, name a few? Yeah, like. Um, everywhere i've even been to antarctica you know i've been to brazil i've been to every continent on this planet (laughs) yeah yeah so you know during that time you meet so many people and i was just Mm. um just meeting people of you know the african diaspora and africa all over the world and um Mm. 
I was in Brazil and I learned that the students there do in the favelas, which are kind of like the ghettos, they do not learn about world geography and history. And I'm like, how can we push ourselves forward if we don't even know who we are and where we come from? So at that mm. point, um, I went home and I asked my nephew who was six at the time, did he know where, you know, where he came from, you know, and he didn't. And I realized I'm, I'm his aunt with so much knowledge and he doesn't know. So what about the people that don't have the knowledge and, you know, who aren't able to pass it down to anyone? And so I decided that, hey, um, I can be the star. I can, you know, go go out of my bubble because, you know, eventually, originally I was only concerned about me and my bubble and my community. And I mm -hmm. realized how selfish that was. And mm. I decided to, hey, let's start a Pan-African think tank. Let's educate the masses and let's bring people from. Africa and the African diaspora together so we can realize that, you know, we are the same. We are all cousins that just, you know, got um just got off at different different places within the world, you know, just got docked off mm. at different places. So yeah. So uh originally where are you from personally? I'm originally from Dallas, Texas. My parents are both from Dallas, um, Texas mm -hmm. as well. Okay. So so how does a girl from Dallas end up traveling to 79 countries to at 27 years old, you know, building Pan-African think tank. What was the mindset that really, or, or even the, the, the journey or the, the thinking behind how you were able to build something like this? Yeah, I think it's in my DNA. So, um, my mm. father was in the Air Force. <laughs> mm. And so, okay. you know, okay. he got, yeah, like he got out the air force when he found out that my mother was pregnant with me so mm. um and then during that time when I, I was born we just traveled a lot between dallas and los angeles so i grew up in between both places moving back and forth a lot and my dad was always one to just be able to pick up and go i remember just coming mm. home like you know bursting out into tears my dad was just picking up and be in the car and be like hey we're moving tomorrow like we're moving tomorrow like my <laughs> friends and he was like oh don't worry yeah. about it like get their phone number and I was just like oh and so we did Mercy. that so much to the point to where me traveling wasn't a thing anymore you know I was used to it at that point I had I told my dad I didn't really care about college because I always wanted to just sing and do music and he wasn't going to let me go to school for that um so mm. I was like fine I'll go to school for marketing but to make it a deal I have to study abroad like I, I cannot not mm. study abroad and he said, okay, I'll pay for you to study abroad. And so I ended up studying for a summer in the UK. I went all alone. Like we didn't even, my school at the wow. time, University of Houston, they didn't even have like an exchange program. I had to like go get accepted to this other school in London on my own. And so after I did that and realized like this world is bigger than you think, this world is bigger than you know. And then the following mm -hmm. year, um, I had studied abroad, just traveling throughout Ghana. And so from that point, it was just kind of like, you know, there's so much life out here. And even after college, you're you're always learning. So um, at first, I just started traveling because, of you know, you see cool destinations that are on Internet and that are on TV. You're like, I want right, to go right. there. Then I started meeting people at these destinations that were from other places. And so I was like, man, I want to know where you grew up, you know, and mm -hmm. that's how I just started picking the places that I would go and to this date I've been to 95 countries <laughs> 90 mercy oh my goodness oh, it, it adds it adds <laughs> wow that's that's honestly amazing um 
I mean, nowhere close to that number of countries that you've been to. Um, but I, I think I'm like at, I think I'm at 12 or something like that. Yeah, I'm around 12. So, but wow, 95 countries. And so you must have really been able to learn a lot because I think one of the things that I've heard um, from people is that the greatest way to understand the world is to travel. The way the greatest way to understand people's mindsets and how they think, uh, and and to to be selfless, right, is to Definitely. understand people's perspectives and and being able to see the things that are out there in this world. So, can you tell us a little bit about what you have seen that has inspired you to build uh, Pan African Think Tank? Before we even get into um, <laughs> the whole foundation of this, what, what were some of the things that inspired you that you saw? that that really hit your heart uh to yeah man um i would just say this before i started doing all this i wasn't as compassionate and i didn't have as Mm. much empathy as i do now i think we always talk about stepping into other people's shoes but i feel like we say it and we don't really mean it like we have sympathy but we don't Mm. have empathy and um some things i just saw like I just remember so many times. I remember one time I was in Colombia, Cartagena, which is a port town, you know, where close to where slaves were brought in, things like that. And this mm-hmm. guy just came up to me and was like, "We." He doesn't speak English, but he was like, "Skin, skin," and he rubbed on his skin. And I was like, "Yeah, we have the same skin. Once again, we just, you know, our boats just got shipped to different areas. We're the yeah. same." Um, I remember. God has been great. I have been so, so surreal. surreal. Like I have so mm. many guardian angels. Like there's brown skin men all over the world. So I remember when I was in Suriname, they speak mostly Dutch because they were conquered. Well, you know, um, colonized by the Netherlands. And mm-hmm. this, I was trying to get on the bus, and this bus wasn't coming. And you know, he saw me, you know, a little brown skin girl that reminded me of his daughter. And he just like helped me, helped me get into town and. You know, so just being like, you know, we are really family everywhere. Um, And also just seeing kids like I remember leaving Uganda. No, I living in Rwanda, going into Uganda. And there was this group of girls had to be like 20 of them. They were traveling together and they were just staring at me like, you know, kind of like in the stare, like, oh, like she's beautiful and stuff like that. And, you know, I'm looking at them like you're beautiful, you know, and And, you wow. know, just just certain things like that. We think we think we're so different. I remember, like when I was going to school in London, and you know, guys and girls would come to me, you know, of African descent. They'd be like, "Say y'all," and I'd be like, "Y'all," and they'd be like, "I love your accent." <laughs> I'm like, "I love your accent." That's <laughs> so, that's actually. Fine. I mean, I have so many stories, you know. And then, like being in the Philippines, and I just want to tell this story. Um, so the Philippines is weird because they're really, really dark. Um, they were conquered by mm. the Spanish, but a lot of brown skin people are there because, you know, when people left Africa, they went everywhere. And I remember mm-hmm. walking through the streets of Manila and I was in this one ghetto. And when I tell you, every person stopped and said hi, every single person. And I had this wow. old man look like he was about 75 and he just walked past me, looked me dead in my eyes and said, Black is beautiful. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yes. You can't make this stuff up, you know? 
So yeah, all of that kind of like not only did it make me want to um, start Pan African Think Tank in the in terms of educating the masses that we all are the same, mm-hmm. like people of African descent, but also to educate them to have pride that black mm. is beautiful and we let these western world countries you know dictate what's beautiful when every nope. else everywhere else in the world outside of westernized nope. countries they think we're like gods and goddesses they think we're amazing mm. i remember when i was in georgia and this guy just came and touched my arm because he he never seen brown skin before he was just amazed and i almost went off on him but then i had to realize I am probably the only person he's ever really seen in his life in person. Because who goes mm. to Georgia? Georgia's over there by Russia, right? Who goes to Right, right. right. <laughs> so, um, you know. <laughs> I'm not even going to lie. When you said Georgia, I was like. <laughs> Atlanta? <laughs> yeah, I was like, what are you talking about? And then, and then it went to my head. I was like, oh, yeah, that's right. There's another country in Georgia. Yeah, over there, over there by I had to, like, think about that for Ukraine. a second. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're so right. Wow. Wow, man, your experiences are so rich. I, I I feel like it's so it's so wealthy, not in 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 the financial terminology of it, but just in in being able to experience life, being able to yeah. learn so much, being able to to uh, gain you know insight, wisdom, understanding. Uh, I, I I don't typically say this, but I, I kind of wish I, I've been able to, I would be in your shoes a little bit <laughs> to be able to to check some of these places out. But I, I do plan on doing that at some point, especially after this whole COVID situation um, yeah. dissipates because that's definitely held a pander on, on traveling. Why don't you tell us just a little bit, um, well, not a little bit right now, this is where I want to hear all about what Pan-African Think Tank how it brought, came into existence and and uh what what is it exactly you know because I, I love the the phrasing of it but what what do you do all right so let's break it down so pan-african right the first two words it is pan-african is paying homage to you know henry sylvester and marcus garvey in the sense of we're all let's one go. doesn't matter let's where go. we you know where we live we're all one um, and then think tank, that's more of a North American word. So I want to let mm. people know that we are a research organization because a lot of times people say what they want to do, but they didn't even plan it. They don't even have the facts and the stats to even go, you know, just spending money frivolously. And that's not what we're mm. trying to do. We're trying to make sure that we know what people need and in order to push Pan Africa forward. So basically, our mm. mission is to bridge the gap between Africa and the African diaspora through research as a means to collectively advocate. So we have forms, um, F-O-R-U-M-S, where we sit down, well, we go to different countries and we sit down with different organizations to learn about, you know, where do they want to see their country in the next maybe decade, two decades, where they want to see the continent of Africa in the next two decades, and what are their thoughts about Pan-Africa as a whole? And then when we're in the diaspora, we ask them, you know, do would they want to go to Africa or where do they want to see Africa and what are their, um, you know, how do they feel about, you know, each one of us? Cause you know, Africans have their thoughts about people in diaspora and vice versa. True. Um, so, true. you know, in order to move forward, we kind of have to like get an understanding about one another. Um, so that's what we do at the end of all of these forms. We'll have about 30 or so. We've already done seven. 
we will have a Pan-African think tank convention. Basically, we're paying homage to the Pan-African Congress, Pan-African conventions that they used to have, um, you know, with W.B. Du Bois and Marcus Garvey and all those people. Mm, they kind of like stopped. Okay. But we're going to bring it back. <laughs> and um, There you go. We're going to bring all these leaders together of all these organizations and sit down and realistically talk about the top 10 issues that we have collectively working on the top three within this generation with the hopes that each generation will continue on with um, everything else we need to have done and fixed. That's, I mean, to say the least, wow. Wow. That uh, what, what you're trying to do or what, excuse me, not trying, what you're doing is phenomenal. I, I mean, to thank you to basically look for ways to, to unify uh, the Pan-African uh ways of, of of life to be able to bring because we know we know like you said there there's so much there there's this sort of bad blood between you know african black black american caribbean there's mm-hmm. there's this there's this uh void or this i like a uh, uh, lack of understanding and so the mere fact that you're trying to bring all of this together is I, I mean it's admirable to say the least and, and i think it's something that's so necessary if we're going to be moving forward as, as a people how how do you how do you connect with these people what 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 are the methods that you use and 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 what is the general response uh whenever <laughs> you reach out Cause i'm pretty sure you don't reach out to just one organization so what how, how does that work out yeah, so I start with Google, just trying to Google organizations within the country that I want to be in. Um, then I try to make sure that they're more so like about helping the people and humanities. If I can't find them via Google, then I go to Facebook and see if they have like a Facebook page or something. Um, then after okay. that, I email. Then I answer the email. I look for WhatsApp numbers. I become a stalker at that point. I'm like, you're going to answer <laughs> me. Um, and then, <laughs> After that, I just um, I hit up, try to tell about three or four organizations per country um, because most of the time they don't hit me back. But, you know, thankfully, if I have one or um, hit me back, then that's great because that's all we really need. Um, At that Mm -hmm. point, we have a phone call and I get no sleep because I'm always willing to take phone calls on their time zone. Um, Mm. And just, you know. Yeah, we got to think about that, too. I just had a phone call yesterday at five in the morning. Well, it started at four. (laughs) <laughs> and I was like, fresh face, like, hey, y'all. Like, no, I'm yeah. Um <laughs> And, you know, we just talk about, they just want to know, like, what am I trying to do? I think it blows some of their mm-hmm. minds because um, the forms are really simple. I think when they realize that I'm from America, they try to make it elaborate. And I tell them all the time, we are an informal organization. We want you to feel at home. We want you to feel comfortable. So um, we tell them that we just need about an hour of their time. You, prefer to have you know youth from their organization um specifically vocal youth because we want them to actually be able to talk about the problems and opinions um it really is a quick conversation it's either a yay or nay right after that and then i just i book my ticket i tell them these are the days that i will be in the country and um please anytime you pick a day i will be there we have the forums um some forms, they're like so hyped from the get go. Some forms, they're like mm-hmm. trying to fill me out because, you know, they don't want to say the wrong things or they don't really know, yeah, you know, yeah. what to say. Um, but at the end of every form, it's always love. You know, it starts off as strangers and realize, then they realize that, you know, we're just all family. Um, I've had had some forms where, you know, they really weren't feeling the Pan-Africanism. 
but I had people mm. within that forum that was filling it. So I just stayed in contact with them. Um, mm. So um, it's all good. I've had people in the in, in Haiti, for example, who, you know, I connected them with other people in Africa that I knew because they just wanted to have that motherland connection that they never had before. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, You're speaking to me, Mark, right, by the way, You're speaking <laughs> to me when you say that, because I'm still trying to figure out my uh, my African roots, you know. So that's that's and I'm from Haiti. If you didn't know that, so <laughs> see there you yeah. go. So yeah, it's just it's just all of that. Um, after the forums, I um compile a quick little one or two page PDF about everything that we spoke about. I send it over mm-hmm. to the leaders of that organization. At the end of each phase, I send all those PDFs over to all the organizations that I spoke with, just so they'll know what's going on. Um, in a lot of different places. I think sometimes people forget that Africa is a continent, not a country. So yeah, people in yeah. West Africa don't know what's going on in East Africa and vice versa. So <laughs> just it's trying to connect everyone. Huge. Bigger than they put on the map. We're not going to yeah, go there yeah. to why they do that. But yeah. That's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> real, real though. It is not. I think I heard that uh, about two years ago that there is nowhere close to to the um to the span at which they put it as on the map no, compared here. to what it actually is. So what do you talk about in those forums exactly? Like, you know, what 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 will some of your discussions seem like? What will some of these uh what will some of the people say? You know, what are the what are the interactions like? Yeah, each country is so different. Um and mm. that's what I love about it. So um we had one organization in Botswana to where it was very useful. It was at the University of Botswana. And one takeaway that I got from them is they wanted um, an African military. And I'm so for it. Why doesn't Africa have a NATO? You know, why, you know, why doesn't it? I think Africa would be taken more seriously if it did. Um, We had one country that just really cared about um, entrepreneurship in in terms of they wanted to be able to start businesses quicker and sooner without all the um, legalities and the paperwork. And I'm like, yeah, like I already see you guys are selling things on the street. But if you guys had a proper business, you know how big this country could be like you guys already have a port. And that was in Tanzania. Mm -hmm. Um, Then, you know, learning things in Haiti where there are people of, of great worth, but the Western world keeps trying to tell them like, you know, which leaders to pick and all that. So, I mean, you know, you have, you know, they're trying to just be their own, you know, person, be their own country. So, um, different things in different places, you know, um, it's, it's crazy. In Uganda, they're, they're fighting for unemployment. Youth unemployment is at an all time high. And this is was before COVID. And I learned that they don't really value entrepreneurship. So I literally told them, and I can say it right now, like Pan-African Think Tank, we want a youth center mm. in Kampala, Uganda, because we can teach them so many skills to where they just work for themselves. You know, a lot of parents on the um, continent of Africa, they kind of look down on entrepreneurship. You know, they want you to go work for a government or a private business. And I'm, I'm coming in like, no, like you need to have your own business and then you can even employ others so you know every country is so different in brazil we're so parallel Mm -hmm. to brazil and in the states like the united states versus brazil our struggles our everyday lives are so parallel it's 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 a it's appalling like appalling when i sit there and listen to them and like you know the police brutality the discrimination the colorism you know the unemployment you know the way that the youth is treated um you know the 
you know, black Brazilians mm. are seen as good for, you know, for dancing and, you know, sports and music, but for nothing else. Like our struggles are so parallel. Mm. It's it's, wow. it's mind blowing. Um, so yeah, those are so, yeah. so some That's of the so things I, I'm telling you, like my mind, I'm, I'm a, um, I'm a very cool, calm, collected person. I don't have any drama. Um, my life is pretty boring in mm. that aspect, and I, I really don't have any struggles. But um, I don't know. My God, did you put Pan African Think Tank on me as my struggle? Because sometimes when I leave some of these meetings, like I feel like I'm carrying their weight on my shoulders. This burden, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, mm. it's crazy. Let me let me ask you this, because a lot of people will probably say, well, you know, we go into these countries and we, uh, you know, give uh, money or we give resources X, Y and Z. Mm -hmm. Right. But but you're coming in as a research of more so of a research organization. And and I, I think if I'm not mistaken, what you could be doing or what you're doing is actually. Uh, a, a bit more productive to the longevity of the country or, or the growth of the country rather than just uh, just resources as of right now. So what do you say to, to the person who's thinking to themselves, well, um, you're more so just doing research. What about their, their everyday needs? Yeah. So first of all, I'm, I'm a young woman from the States. So automatically people think I'm rich. Mm. So when I come to you, mm. I'm going to come to you with no money. So you don't think you're about to play me. That's one. Two, mm. I also just, you know, you grow up around your parents and around your siblings and you would you would see them give money to people, right? Because, you know, people would ask for money. And that person who asked for money, they would come back and ask for more money, right? And then you're kind of like, dang, what happened to that money that I just gave you? And they're like, oh, I spent it. <laughs> and I say, you know what? We would be more productive as a people if we were taught something or the money was given for a specific purpose that would push us so we wouldn't have to ask for any more money, we'd be making it ourselves. Um, so yeah. I'm going into it with a research thing to see what they need the money for and where they need it. Also, I'm going into it blindly mm. because I always think about Christmas, right? I don't celebrate Christmas anymore. I celebrate Kwanzaa. But when I did celebrate Christmas, I would think about mm. how my parents would buy me stuff that I didn't really ask for, right? Like, yeah, I, didn't, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I didn't ask for that turtleneck. I don't like things on my neck, okay? <laughs> I didn't mm. ask for those ugly shoes, but you thought when you saw it <laughs> that it looked beautiful, and so you gave it to me, but I don't. I have right. no need for it. So when organizations mm. go in and give stuff, I'm always like, did you ask them if they needed a boatload of toothbrushes? Like, I'm pretty sure they probably need mm. sanitary napkins for their women. Like, I'm pretty sure, you know, they probably need formula for their babies. I'm pretty sure they don't need your mm. hand-me-down Super Bowl shirts from the team that lost, right? So, <laughs> yeah, I I refuse to go in there giving things that they don't need because that's a waste of resources that also is telling them that I don't really care because I didn't ask them. And that's just showing them that I am the typical Westerner and I don't want to be that. Right. I want to go into it blindsided, right. like I like, well blinded, like I don't know what's going on. I'm so ignorant to what's going on. You tell me what's going on type situation. Mm. Listen to the people. Yeah. Talk to the people. I love that. 
So you don't come in as some sort of savior, but you actually come in more so as the as an individual willing to learn and to understand from them in order to help them. Develop. As a woman from the United States from? of African descent, mm-hmm. or even as a man of African descent from the States, it's important that I don't come in looking like a savior, right? So I'm just doing exactly mm-hmm. what the colonizers did. I'm coming in looking like a savior and I'm not, I'm putting myself on a pedestal. So how can we talk about Pan-Africanism mm-hmm. and unity? If I've, I've already put you like as a worker bee and I'm queen bee, you know? Yeah. So it, it just, right. it just doesn't work that way. So I always try just try to come in with, with the best intentions. Um, yeah. <laughs> that's, I mean, that's amazing. I, I love the fact that you're, that you're doing this, that you're bringing in this unifying culture, within the countries uh I, I, the more and more you talk the more i'm just like oh man how do i get involved because <laughs> it's it's it sounds so it, it's really amazing uh to say the least but i i feel like this is a worthy cause to really uh stand up with because it's something that we know is uh is a way to empower our people and the more more so they, they feel empowered the more they'll 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 feel the need to to be bigger, to be better, to bring their greatness out, to show the world their worth. And so I, I love that you're doing this. Now, I, I do have a question in regards to, it seems glitter and glam. It seems like amazing because, I mean, of course, you're talking about this from your perspective. Mm-hmm. So you have a lot of good to say. Uh, but can we, it, what what are the difficulties that you're dealing with Uh yourself while going through this and also maybe you know as an organization what are some of the difficulties that you have to deal with yeah on a personal note there's so many like i'm so transparent i don't want people to think that this is easy it's not there's so many times where i'm like dang i just mm-hmm. want to turn this nonprofit into an llc because <laughs> i could do more nonprofit has so many rules right so mm-hmm. i personally yeah. couldn't even fund pan african think tank myself if i wanted to it would be against the law they would strip my 501c3 wow. status away from me um, so the difficulty is just, especially like being a woman. And when mm-hmm. I do like the forms in, you know, places like Europe and South America and things like that, like it's the woman thing is, is nothing, right? You know, it's, it's fine. Mm-hmm. But going into Africa when they're used to seeing male bosses, right? Like when I get on the phone, mm-hmm. they're like, oh, this must, you know, I feel, I haven't said this, but I feel like they must think, you know, is this the secretary? No, nah, this is the boss. This is the founder mm. um so yeah and then also <laughs> when they find out i'm the founder not all of them but some would be like so is it miss or is it mrs uh-uh, mrs. uh-uh it ain't mrs and don't think you about to be the mister <laughs> so, that's right, yeah. <laughs> that's right. it's just like it's just that's crazy it. you know <laughs> Like you have to deal with that, uh, you know, when that wouldn't be a problem for, for instance, if it was me going in there, no one would ask me, is Nobody. it, uh, are you married or single? No, they, you know, but you, that's, that, yeah, it's true. It's something that Let's you say, have to I've been told that. that I'm not a whole woman cause I'm not married with kids. And I said, okay, well, that's this true. whole woman is coming over. Um, you no, either want to partner with us or don't. <laughs> Um, so, you know, that is like personal difficulties is just like trying to break down the stereotypes of what masculinity and femininity and, you know, patriarch and matriarch things in Africa. Um, as far as difficulty mm-hmm. as an organization, people, anytime we talk about Pan-African Think Tank, 
to people about Kim Descent. They love us, right? But it takes mm-hmm. more than love to make this work. <laughs> and and so we need money. And a lot of the times, um, it's just hard for us to get money. And I've heard every excuse in the book. Like, we sell merch as well, right? Merchandise, you know, shirts and bomb, bomber jackets. And sometimes people say, oh, it's too expensive. I'm like, but especially in the Western world, I'd be like, how much did you spend on those shoes, though? And you're saying this bomber jacket is too expensive. Well, you know, it's made in America. It's going to be an American price. Or they see the tincture and the right. t-shirts aren't expensive. But they're like, oh, I want this color. Well, no, these are the colors that we chose. And we chose these colors for a reason. Like, this is the colors on the site. But then it's also, like, sad right. sometimes because people in Africa do want to put money in. But we haven't tapped into the Africans that have money, right? Because we're, we're so consumed with the youth who don't have a lot of money. And this one guy was like, I would love a shirt. But one shirt is the same cost as one month's rent here. And I'm like, mm. dang. Wow. like. Oh my I goodness. can't give you the $25 shirt because it took money to make that shirt. Plus we need to make money. And if I just give it to you, like it's not, it's not really helping our cause. Like, yeah, you're wearing it, but mm-hmm. then it's not helping like us bring money in. So it's just trying to find donors that want to donate at the kindness of their heart. Um, and that's how we started the clothing line. So we can say, fine, if you don't want to donate at the kindness of your heart, then go to panafricanct.org slash shop and, and buy something. But even then, in the Western world countries, it's like something has to be made cool before they hop on, you know? So mm. right now, our biggest supporters have been, you know, people that I went to high school with, my family, my brother has put in thousands of dollars into, you know, Pan-African Think Tank, you know, showing love by, you know, supporting me both, um financially and standing behind me as well so that is yeah it's just the money thing i feel like people see these organizations and they they follow us on social media and they're like so happy for us and so proud of us and they're cheering us on but i need i'm gonna need more than those hand claps i'm gonna need the money to push this forward Mm. as well (laughs) Mm. so so real quick um what i what i'm gonna do what i'm gonna do first of all i'm gonna donate uh, to a Pan-African Yay. think tank. That's number one. Number two, um, for all those who are listening, you can you can find, where, where can they find you? PanAfricanTT.org. So when you go to PanAfricanTT.org, you will see a button that says donate. It will tell you all the ways you can donate. You can donate directly on the site or you or there's also a link to the GoFundMe where you can click that and donate there. And even if you don't want to donate, you can buy our merch. So you would just click shop. All of the money that um, we get from those who shop with us, it goes to the same thing. 100% of the proceeds go to Pan-African Think Tank. So either way. Yeah. Okay. That's awesome. And so I'll also put it on my website because I love what you're doing. And so we're going to spotlight this specifically on the website, on the Madcaster's website. So anyone who... May be confused, whatever, just know it's right there on, on madcasters.com. Click on spotlight and you'll see their organization and you can, you can uh, donate, uh, and you find their links to be able to donate straight from there. So, wow. I, I mean, for sure, that's, that, that's definitely a, a struggle that many nonprofits deal with. Uh, I've had many conversations with individuals who talk about the fact that, um, you know, going through, Going through the nonprofit route, you know, causes the fact that you can't just 
build money the way that you would like to. Right. And so you have to, you're very heavily um, dependent on, on donors and, and people who, who can see and understand your vision. So man, if you're, if you're listening to this and you're just thinking to yourself, man, wow, this is amazing. Don't just say it's amazing. Do something about it as well, because this is a, this is a young woman who is not just uh, talking about the issues that she sees, but she's literally on the ground running with this and willing to to make something uh, out of out of the problems that we that we're seeing in our societies. Uh, and so support, you know, do just it, it doesn't take that much, even if it's a share of of, of a post or whatever. Yeah. Just l- let's support as much as we can, because I, I, I must say I, I love this as uh, I really I really, really love this. So. We're gonna we're gonna try to make sure we we help support Pan African Think Tank as much as possible. And this is Black History Month. Don't play around, <laughs> right? And <laughs> make, Don't play. make sure to yeah, stop playing around. Make sure to support <laughs> this young black woman, this queen, like this. Okay, please. So yeah, guys, whatever you can do, let's let's make this happen. Um, so but we're we're not the end yet because I, I still got some more things that I want to go through. And I feel like you have a lot more to, to say in this, in this regard too. So um, you mentioned that you, you went to a few countries. When, when did, well, I want to make sure when did Pan-African Think Tank start exactly? Yeah. So Pan-African Think Tank, we formed in August of 2019. Um, and then we hit the ground running um, in Africa on in January, 2020. Okay. Wait. So, wait. So you started in Jan. Basically, you're saying you really started in January 2020. But what about COVID? Yeah. So what, what, what happened there? I ran through so many countries before COVID. Like literally, I got back to the states like two days before the lockdown, and then um, I was able to go to Haiti in the summer because Haiti don't have no restrictions. And then, <laughs> and then um. I've been hanging out here in the States ever since, but we're hitting the ground running um, in April of this year. I already have um, my ticket bought to the first country. So, yeah. Wait, wait, so just to be clear, you went through six different countries between January and March. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Wow. So which countries were that? So you said you went to Haiti in the summer. So what were the other six? Just, just yeah, so we, um, just so we know what you, where you've been Brazil, at. Zambia, Tanzania, okay. Uganda, Rwanda, um, and Botswana. Wow. This, man, you're not playing around. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, we wow, also did, we did press in Kenya, Nairobi, Kenya as well. I don't want to leave them out because we did get okay. some work done there. Oh, okay, okay. But it was, so was it the full forum or was it um, no, just it maybe was, some um, more connections? It was more so press. So like uh, we went on like some of the biggest radio stations and also like got in some newspapers. So, I mean, we take forums. We also take press as well because, you know, just getting mm-hmm. the word out. That's awesome. What what do you feel like the role of youth development means for you while you're while you're building Pan African Think Tank? For me, um, youth development is just keeping my eyes and ears open, and because of that, I found out that you know we just want to Pan African Think Tank. We want to be more so focused in education and entrepreneurship. Um, there's so many youth that have all these great ideas, and mm-hmm. 
they need the money. And so eventually Pan African Think Tank, we do want to give out grants to entrepreneurship. So maybe have like a startup group or something like that. Um, because taking Western world money to Africa, especially into other places like the Caribbean, um, especially in Oceania as well, because we're there as well. The money is longer, right? So it'll stretch longer. Mm-hmm. So our $500 here to us can mean so much, like life changing to them. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, definitely youth development. I'm just keeping my eyes and ears open for the next leaders. Um, I, I'm always in the rooms with so many intelligent youth and mm-hmm. youth that are my age and youth that are younger than me. And I'm always in such awe with the fact that so much negativity in the world regards to people of African descent, but they don't want to, you know, they don't want to talk about what I see in these rooms. Right. So, um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> youth development, just trying to push it forward. I'm not one of those selfish people. Like I always want to lend a hand to the next person. I, I want them to go higher than me. Like I always want young yeah. people to do more than me. So, yeah. I think about it too, in the sense that, um, you know, for past generations, it was kind of looked up, looked down upon for youth to stand up and to speak out, right? Especially, you know, yeah, uh, we we notice ourselves, you know, from from you know growing up, you can't challenge your your elders. You um, see, not conversation. Yeah, exactly. Um, and, you know, I, I and I hear this whole thing about youth of the future gener, uh, the future leaders of tomorrow, and, and till this day, I, I don't like that phrase because. I see so many youth that are standing up as leaders today. They're, they're young. They're 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 powerful. They're doing what they need to do. No, they might not necessarily be be a president or whatever the case may be, but they, they're still they're still young, pushing strongly in whatever field that they find themselves in. And so, I I I know that we're shifting in this in this world, um, being able to have younger minds willing to challenge. Um, older minds and and looking mm-hmm. to to have more progressive uh, ideologies, philosophies, and and action. Do you feel like uh, that's that's? I I know you're you're helping to to pursue that, but do you feel like it's where that those are the, some of the things that we're actually seeing when you've hit the ground where you where where you are in certain of those countries? Is is it getting more progressive or is it still? It's hard. Um, um, okay. Honestly, I feel like. The baby boomers are going to have to just die out before we Mercy. actually get to do what we need to do. Because we hit we hit a ceiling, right? We hit a ceiling because they're the ones who actually have to sign off on everything. And they don't understand our methods. So, that, I mean, that's what happened in Uganda. So, Bobby Wine was a very, is a very famous entertainer. And, you know, he was running for president and, you know, trying to, you know, end the six well, five-term reign at that time of the president of Uganda, who wasn't really taking into account that the youth need help as well. And they say that he didn't win, but I don't believe it. Like, I really Mm. feel like the election was rigged. Like, I just don't believe it. Like, he had so many people, but Bobby Wine had so many people behind him to to definitely win. And I've been to Uganda myself, and it's it's a bustling city with people, you know, under 40. So, um... Mm we get to these places and then we're just kind of like stuck because, you know, the elders don't want to move over. I mean, look at it. Look at the people who are running the United States. Joe Biden is like, how old? Nancy Pelosi is like, how old? Mitch McConnell is like, how old? (laughs) So, (laughs) you know, we need people more like Kamala's age to be running it because when I look at it, it, it's showing me that you're like 80, you're like 70, which makes me kind of feel like 
were you racist back in your younger days? Like yeah, still sure, trying bro. to like run the country. And so I just always think about these things. And even Africa, even though they're the same complexion, it makes me think of are those elders still bought by the Europeans, right? Like are they still moving mm. the way they're moving because they're in bed with the Europeans? Um mm. so progressive, yeah, way better than before, of course, but we get to a certain point and we hit we hit the ceiling. Yeah. Mm. I really hope that things start to to move to to open up uh, because the the only way for us to really start seeing the, those shifts and those changes is when people are willing to move to the side. I, I think one of the mm-hmm. one of my friends we were talking about this a couple of months back actually, and and he he mentioned how um, you know it's important for him to to take a back seat because he wants to see other people try to do certain things and this is one of this is a leader and i'm and, and i and i love that mentality because uh as a leader myself i i love to hear from other people i love to hear from my team i love to see other people succeed mm-hmm. i love to see other people get the glory get the shine because if it's always about you it's gonna stay and die with you but if it's yeah. about the people if it's about the 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 overall growth man it's something i will never be able to die because it's not the the mission is not focused more so on a person. The mission is focused on an idea, and that idea can continue to grow and and evolve in a way that that you never know how great or how grand it can ever be. So, I just love once again, the fact that you're doing this that that it's that it's uh, causing this this discussion within within uh, countries in Africa within. Uh, countries around the world with, within Pan-Africa, all over, uh, wherever we are. And so mm-hmm. it just allows for us to to think differently and, and to look for more of a unifying way instead of um, this enclosed uh, mindset that, that we've had yeah. for, for so long. Well, So, I mean, speaking of, of future generations, what, what do you feel like Pan-African think tank wants to leave for the future? Yeah, I mean, if I have it my way, we will have youth centers in every um, in every country that we partner with. The Pan African Think Tank Youth Center, where people can, you know, learn skills, just work for themselves. I'm definitely like been getting interested into like the agricultural sector. Um, mm-hmm. So, agricultural tech sector, um, manufacturing, because Europe purposely left Africa out of the industrial revolution. They didn't want them to be able to know how to make anything. Um, So that's interesting. As far as the diaspora, I want to, you know, have youth centers there as well to teach them about, you know, entrepreneurship and, you know, even like just doing, staying home. I think that's my main point. I want people in the diaspora to stay home. And when I say that, we, we see so many people who leave their countries and they go to different countries in Europe and it comes to America. And I'm like, okay, so now America and like UK, we have all the greats of the world, <laughs> but then your home, but your home country is like losing people day in and day out, you know? And in order to make us better, we have to make all of the countries where we are better. Granted, we didn't choose to be here, but now that we're here, what are we going to do with it? So, uh, Yeah would love to help with that. We'd love to talk to the trade, you know, people who are in trade and, you know, 
help with more ports, but specifically, I know this is maybe a personal vendetta of mine or a personal mission of mine, but we, Pan-African Think Tank, we don't really talk to governments, but I would love to have a visa discount program just based off your skin. We get so much, you know, hate around the world based off our skin, but can we finally get a discount for it? Like, should I have to pay all these visa fees to go to Africa? when yeah, i'm real. from here but you know so because that would help us you know move around easier with each other that you know i mm-hmm. hear like for example nigeria it's so hard like right now it's so hard for me to get a visa there to the point that pan-african think tank which is not going unless you know somebody wants to sponsor us and it shouldn't be that way right so a lot of slaves came from nigeria so now you're telling me i have to like hassle just to get back same thing with ghana like the hassle of the visa just to get there the price of the visa just to get there you're punishing me because you want to punish the western world but you don't realize you're punishing me as well right Um, right (laughs) so yeah well that's awesome i i'm like i i feel like our conversation is going to continue um because i feel like some of your mindsets some of the things that you want to do um coexist with some of some of my dreams as well um and, and goals and so i i, I like just know y- you got a you got a huge supporter uh, on from Thank me, you. Uh, being able to listen to understand your vision your mission more um and and once again the the embodiment of of madcasters is found within you you know someone who has seen uh, an issue around the world, not even just the community. Because once again, we talk about the community and the world, but you've seen an issue around the world and you've literally yeah. traveled to 95 countries. And now your mission is to unify, you know, Pan-Africa. And I, I just, that that to me is just, it's, yeah, it's amazing. It's It's one of those things that, you know, as a black man, I sit back and I just ask myself, you know, what are ways in which I could actively help out as well and be a part of, of this, of this process. And so uh, like much respect to you, um, much much appreciation to what you're doing as well. Uh, And, and I, and I hope that everyone who's listening and all those who hear, you you see the beauty in which she's trying to do uh, because it's, it's, it's really, it's, it's truly admirable in a way that, uh, many people, I hope, see the big picture and, and can support as much as we can. Hopefully we get big names, you know, um, people who are who are about black empowerment and um, uh, and seeing, you know, black growth, not just in the world, but I mean, sorry, not just in America, but in the world. You know, yes. so hopefully, you know, David Stewart or. Or Robert Smith, or Oprah, or Michael <laughs> Jordan hear about this stuff, and they're like, "Yo, how, how can we how can we help support?" You know, so definitely love what you're doing, and I'm all for it. So, thank you so much again, um, Kristen, for for coming out, thank and, you, and being on Madcasters. Before we end, we got a little mad round. I want to get just a little bit more information about you, just get to know you more. So, just three questions that we're gonna ask. And, you know, just think about it for a second and just answer. Okay. okay. <laughs> awesome. All right. So mad round question number one, if you had to sit next to anyone uh, living, so not someone who has died, but anyone living um, and you were able to speak to them for an hour, who would that person be? 
Mae Jemison. She is the first African-American woman in space. That's awesome. That's great. <laughs> I like that answer. Oh, I love these answers because sometimes you get to hear, <laughs> what, you know, what people are thinking and what's going on. That's great. Um, question number two, what do you feel like is your is your favorite method of learning? Um, looking at it, I have a photographic memory. Oh, great. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Of course. <laughs> is there anything that you're bad at or or No. Okay, just wanted to. Like, oh, yeah, definitely sports. I'm bad at sports. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. All right, there you go. I got you on one thing. <laughs> uh, what is your most treasured possession and it can't be family? Oh, it wasn't even family. That's the bad part. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So, like, my most treasured possession is, like, it's this huge box of all the songs I've ever written. I, I'm mm-hmm. big. I'm a songwriter. And so like, I have every song that I've written ever since I was 10 years old. And anytime there's like a tornado warning in Dallas, like I always grab that box to take with me in case everything is gone. <laughs> wow. That's awesome. That's good to know though. That's, that's pretty cool. How many songs have you written? Over 1600 songs. What? Yeah. Yeah. Original. Oh, original. All original. I'm good. Like I'm really good with words. Like I'm not trying to toot my own horn, but I, mm. I'm a good writer. <laughs> that's what's, I mean, yo, confidence in yourself. That's what's up. I love it. I love it. We need to get you back on this podcast because I feel like there's there's more about you that we could definitely extrapolate and to learn from. So especially with all the experience that you've had. So if you're definitely willing, I'm, I'm definitely willing to have you come on. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you again, Kristen, so much for being on Madcasters, where you're showing the embodiment of being a difference to change your mind, to change the way that you think in order for you to be the change in the world, literally worldwide. And so I'm very proud uh, to say that I know you and and um, to be a supporter of Pan-African Think Tank. So we just want to thank you so much for being on the show. Is there anything you want to leave our listeners before you go? Um, first, I want to say thank you for having me and for the listeners. It's it's just my motto. Um, what God has for you will be for you. So just remember mm. that. Walk in your purpose. That's awesome. Thank you so much again and have a wonderful day. You too. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode of Madcasters. Please remember, do what you were called to bring into this world. Find a way to make a difference in your life and in someone else's life today. Even if that's just one thing, follow us on Instagram. Don't forget to leave a rating and review and become a Patreon supporter. Tune in next Thursday as we continue to grow and inspire because this is the launch pad for you to go mad.